everybody, welcome back to Pagan's Witchy Critter. My name is Pagan, and I am joined by the awesome Daniel Muller, who wrote The Shamanic Soul, which is, by the way, one of the best books I have read to date this year. I literally read it in about four hours. I couldn't put it down. It was fantastic. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the accolades on the book i appreciate that <laughs> oh it was so so good like literally i was just like okay i'm gonna read the book and you know usually i started about two or three weeks before the interview and do all my notes and all that stuff i i sat down on my couch with my cup of coffee my coffee was cold before i <laughs> picked up my coffee to drink it and i was about three quarters of the way through the book and like three hours it passed and i was like uh what just happened here <laughs> So Yay. it was so, so good. It's like I said, one of the best books to date that I have read this year. I absolutely loved it. I'm Thank going you. to recommend it. It's probably one of the best shamanic books I have read so far uh, to date. So well done. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I appreciate that. I was I was actually truly aiming to make the material as accessible as possible. Um, and when I set out to write the book, so that means a lot to me. Appreciate that. You definitely did do that. And it was one of those books that was very easy to connect with. Your stories were so easy to really just feel like you were a part of them and that you could understand them. And you were just, it was such a beautiful, well-written book. I'm just so honored that you actually got to write it and that I got to read it. And it was, like I said, just almost perfection. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> so uh, as I do with all my shows, if you guys want to buy the book, there will be a link in the description. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. So please, please, please check out this book, especially if you are interested in uh, shamanic work in any way, shape or form. This is one of the best books to buy. There you go. There's my shameless plug. And <laughs> let's talk about shamanism. Obviously, your book describes kind of how you got into it, but how for kind of the audience who because obviously some of my listeners are not big readers they want to just do the listening part what really brought you into shamanism that you would like to talk about today sure well what kind of drew me to it was just even growing up i was always attracted to um the world of spirit mm -hmm. um to the natural world um, but also alternatives to mainstream religion in general. So I, um, you know, the primary component of shamanism that draws me to it is that you have a religious structure, but there's always a root to that religious structure that was really about the original women or men uh, that, that are the, you know, precedence to the religious structure where it was just them in the natural world, them in spirit, you know, no hierarchy, no doctrine attached, uh, no institutions. It was just the people and the natural world and, and their interaction and participation with it. And that that's what really started drawing me to that. I was raised Christian mm -hmm. and I wanted to get to that root. And I found for myself, that really the root of Christianity, Judaism, what have you, has a shamanic root, just like every religious institution actually does. Every institution has that original, you know, founding prophet or prophetess that had a vision, had a, a connection with spirit, and they had a message to deliver. 
or they had medicine to give to the world. And it's just, you know, religions start because people start following them rather than really what the aspect of shamanic soul is about is no, you are that you, every person has that ability to connect with spirit naturally. Um, you are the only thing that should stand between you and the world of spirit and your concept of goddess, God, you know, uh, you know, the great originating mystery, whatever. And so that's what really drew me to it. And I was very connected to that world and that idea for a while did a lot of research um, in my younger years. I um, have learned from different people from different areas, such as Wicca, um, Western ceremonial magic, um, and many other venues. But it wasn't until I connected with someone who was a part of a shamanic lineage from Peru which mm-hmm. I outlined in my book that it just, everything really started to flow for me. Everything just came natural. And I don't think it's necessarily because that Peruvian lineage is more special than any other lineage. It just happened to connect with me during that time of my life in the right way. Um, so, cause there is no right way. That's, that's what makes shamanism. Shamanism is that it's all based upon the individual and how they can connect to spirit rather than, a, you know, a prescribed formula or specific tradition that has, you know, the one way to do it. I absolutely love that. And, you know, kind of talking about growing up Christian and all that, I was somebody who also grew up very uh, Christian. And I laughed out loud during a part in your book where you actually talked about when everybody bowed their heads and you were looking up to see if Jesus was in the rafters instead. And I was like, I did that as a kid and got in trouble for it. (laughs) Yeah. It was really interesting. And I absolutely love that, that, you know, yes, there are so many aspects of shamanism that are connected to all different facets of religion. Uh, but a lot of times when you start really getting into the religious aspects or the li- religious doctrines of it, I feel like you kind of step away from the shamanic practices at that point, And mm-hmm. it becomes almost more a political aspect versus a spiritual aspect. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was very fortunate in my mentor in this lineage that he, his whole aim was to ensure that I was not going to be able to lean on him. I, of course, needed to lean on him for a certain period of time, but his goal was to push me and get me to a a place of independence where I truly, truly knew and can feel and and experience in my life not having to use him in any way, shape, or form, go through him, ask him for advice, Um, you know, and as he was doing that, he was like, this is the way you should even just be teaching your children. You know, this is the way we have to, we have to support each other in being adults in this world. You know, we can keep that childlike innocence, of course, in our hearts, but we, we have to support each other's independence and you should never allow any one person thing or book or idea come between you and your connection to the realm of spirit. And I'm saying spirit a lot um, mm-hmm. because a lot of people are familiar with that term um, and use that term. I, because my book is called Shamanic Soul, I actually personally prefer the term soul 
um, at both to describe not just the soul of the individual, but also the soul of the world, the soul of Mother Earth, um, and the greater universal soul, which for me, that's like, that's where the juice is at. That's where the connection is. Absolutely. And I'm kind of like you, I can use spirit or soul, um, you know, kind of interchangeably, you know, whichever one people kind of identify with, but essentially they kind of mean the same thing. So, you know, if you're wanting to look at it from a paranormal sense and you're kind of thinking of it's like, oh, there's spirits here, they're just souls. They're, they're mm -hmm. just that energetic version of yourself that's still on this plane or in a version of this plane, whichever you'd like to call it. Sure. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of interchangeable terms, which you do talk about in your book as well, which is really nice. And yeah, the, the one thing that I, um, ask a lot of the shamanic pr practitioners that do come on the show and they do talk about their practices and all that, if you were going to give advice to somebody who was wanting to start out, um, dipping their toes into a shamanic way of life what would be your initiatory advice for them? <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, to um, understand what it is that you are seeking, mm -hmm. first and foremost, are you, are you just seeking a way of um, trying to heal a certain aspect of yourself? Or are you seeking a way to manifest things in your life? Are you... Um, seeking a connection with soul or spirit um, because that's going to be very important because um, an aspect of the shamanic way of life that I appreciate the most is exactly what I just said. It is a way of life. Mm -hmm. um, it is um, uh, not just a practice that you adopt and discard whenever you're just done with it because you've manifested what you want. And it really becomes your whole worldview and your whole mode of, of uh, service, because that's essentially what it becomes is as a shamanic emissary between this world and, and the other realms, you, you are a sort of ambassador and you have to act as a sort of medium point um, between both of those realms. So thus you, you can't just compartmentalize that. Yes. <laughs> um, you sometimes, you sometimes need to, you know, in order to function in the world. So you have to become really well balanced in that too. Um, so that's one aspect. And the other thing I would say is, you know, be prepared for heavy shadow work because um, uh, the shamanic path begs the practitioner to constantly evolve and um, discard oneself of any aspects of pride or hubris that could get in the way of you being of service. So um, you should never uh, be relaxed or comfortable with your current state of reality and always be ready for it to completely turn upside down. Um, mm -hmm based upon the various ceremonies that are involved and uh, and just even messages you might receive from spirit either via through a vision or dream or or whatnot i absolutely love that and you know kind of referring again back to your book and sorry everybody i'm gonna do that a lot during this episode because it really <laughs> was that great uh, <laughs> but you there was a line in it that really stood out to me that we talked about the fact that a shamanic pr practitioner should always be ready to jump into the 
uh, Turmoil of the Sea. And it was just such a profound kind of imagery that it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I love it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I love that's, that. Yeah, that was a, a very uh, rigorous aspect of my particular training. Um, you know, we, we would engage in ceremonies and um, whether we were using um, hallucinogenic sacraments or not, um our the goal of the practitioner was to be able to hone the energies of the ceremonial group and to be able to um keep them temperate like like a calm lake mm -hmm. you know on a mountain and but there's a lot of turmoil that comes up in these and you got to be able to be ready for that people will have outbursts people are facing really hard you know heavy dark deep things sometimes and um, you yourself too. So you have to keep everything calm and moderate as much as possible um, for the entirety of the group, for the entirety and safety of the container. Um, so it's like, you gotta be able to adapt easily to that. So when like those heavy winds, those heavy currents come, you know, what does a sailor do, you know, in a boat, they don't, um, fight against those winds or resist them. You have to kind of roll with the current a little mm -hmm. bit, roll with that, with that flow, um, and utilize and leverage those winds to get where you need to go rather than, um, pushing back against them. Yes. And that's a beautiful image as well, you know, and that's the one thing that I think that when I was reading your book, I kind of was thinking about it and it was one of those things of we're seeing so much turmoil in the world right now and it's like okay everybody could stand to actually read this book again i'm gonna promote it because it was so good ah, i love that <laughs> but anyway uh it was one of those things that i'm like everybody has got so much turmoil that's happening right now and if we just kind of stopped for a minute and reassessed perhaps it wouldn't be so daunting and especially because we have gone through several daunting years uh, at least, well, I would say even globally, um, with pandemics and everything else, and there's just so much that's happened that has made it incredibly difficult for people to almost thrive in a way. Mm -hmm. And looking at it from a shamanic perspective, it's one of those things of, instead of, you know, all of us probably freaking out, maybe we should have been turning inward and doing work during those two years. Oh, uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would have been a lot better, I think. But, uh, you know, everybody teach their own. But it was still such an amazing kind of experience to think about. And, you know, thinking back to my own shamanic experiences and my own trainings that I've had in the past, that it was one of those things that it made me realize it's like, oh, hey, you haven't done that for a while. You should probably go do that again and do some mm. work because <laughs> you get caught up in life, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I These past few years have been very interesting for me and, and my community. Um, and, you know, my wife underwent training with me and um, we were we've relatively in the past few years, I've been calm about the state of things and it, it troubles a lot of people in our communities sometimes of like well aren't you you know aren't you ready to take up arms aren't you ready to you know just like get crazy you know they just get so out of shape and it's it's just a reminder to them of the illusion of reality yes. that doesn't mean that it's not real but at the same time to 
uh, understand the, the, the matrix of, of, of existence in the sense that you don't, you don't have to be a slave to every thing around you. So we, you know, we remind um, anybody who, you know, calls us out on that of, you know, let us know what your political ideology is or your social ideology. We more than likely align, but we're just not allowing the emotionality of it to tear us from one extreme to the other, because ultimately, you know, the, the shamanic perspective is about being like the eagle or the condor in the sky and and seeing things from a wider perspective of above than just you know being on the ground when you're on the ground you see all the threats around you 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 know see the things lingering in the woods um so on and so forth but from above you don't see all that you see the greater picture of mother earth you see the greater beauty you know that some of that stuff is down there but you also don't see borders Yes. You know, that that divide the, the states and the countries and the ideologies together, you see the greater um, plan and the greater, um, well, soul, I'd use that word again, the mm -hmm. greater world soul of, of Gaia. And you just rest with that imagery and rest with that medicine um, moving forward. Um, you can still have your your particular ideas and your opinions of how things go but to always just kind of like ride above you know from a higher level knowing that you know the world's going to keep turning the the sun's going to keep rising there's like always a new day there's it you know things aren't ended and we have you know we still have you know a lot that we can do but it just takes time you know change is not instantaneous it never has been mm -hmm. and you know to kind of counter that as well that you know change is not instantaneous either sometimes it is um you know sometimes mm. life can literally throw you a curveball and your sure, life changes sure. immediately but sure. on a global scale change is never immediate it, right. it's always constantly in flux and you know I'm one of those people that I get very passionate about a lot of things, as many people do, but at the same time, I always have to kind of pull it back in and say, you can't be obsessed with it just because you're passionate about it. And being obsessed with it is when you have a lot of that negativity that comes in and you start to feel that anger and that hatred and all of that, all the negative crap that you shouldn't always be consumed with. Yes, right. you can be passionate about it. And yes, you can want the good change. But you also have to realize that there's a lot of change that's going to happen whether you want it or not. And yeah. you have to learn how to accept that. And that's probably humanity's biggest challenge ever. And because we don't like change, we like things that are comfortable and easy. And if life was always that way, eventually we'd get bored and we would force change. So. Yeah, uh, not on the not on the shamanic path. Like we're, no. yeah, we've learned how to be comfortable with change and be comfortable with um, what we call in the Peruvian tradition. I was trained in. We call a pachacuti, which mm -hmm. is a world reversal. It's literally the world turning upside down. It is um, the tilling of the soil in agriculture, mm -hmm. and that that's a term we use for these huge changes that come in. These pachacutis, they are they are um, 
world altering experiences and like you have to learn how to embrace those because that these experiences although they seem tumultuous and they seem scary they are actually the greatest windows of opportunity for evolution um for for everyone involved it's just a matter of rising up to that and i know for a fact oftentimes it doesn't seem that way because i've been through the dark night of the soul and i've mm -hmm. been through horrible experiences and horrible times in my life where i thought this was it this was like you couldn't get any lower um but it's again it's like from that eagle or condor perspective as i look back now i can see how that catalyzed me to in a greater path of evolution and i'm like way better off now than i've ever been before um it's just it's it's just a crazy roller coaster ride <laughs> it is a crazy roller coaster ride and you know kind of talking about that dark night of the soul i, I remember back to one of my many i've had a few and but probably my biggest one was you know when i got my ms diagnosis and mm. realizing that every day is chaos mm. every day is change because you never know what you're going to expect because you never know what the body's going to throw at you um you know you might wake up one day and everything works great and you're having a great day and you have all the energy in the world to do all the things uh which is my favorite kind of day and then there right. are the days when you wake up and you're like hey why don't my legs work today oh right you have ms right that's why <laughs> Learn yeah. <to> roll with it. <laughs> literally yeah uh, it, it's such a challenge but you know and we're seeing so many people that right now are dealing with similar challenges especially um due to the pandemic and we're seeing a lot of people that are getting those disability diagnoses due to long COVID and my heart goes out to all the people who have endured that because it is starting to look a lot similar to the way MS responds to the body unfortunately so I'm so sorry that mm -hmm. you're having to go through this but yeah. uh, at the same time you know if you are somebody who is interested in shamanic work this might be one of those dark nights of the soul for you and you might come out stronger on the other side but you have to do the work not to say that it's going to be easy it never is it's always challenging and it's right always painful in like not a fun way but when you get out of it you're like wow that feels so good to be out of that and i feel so much better um, yeah and i'm not <laughs> and i'm not also not talking about that it's necessarily this higher state of um luminous joy yeah that you get to that's not what i'm talking about at all because mm -hmm. you know a true like I don't consider myself a shaman, but the true shamans that I have met and that I have trained with, you know, they will tell you life sucks. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not cool that, you know, there are things that just, you're going to get delivered to you and your, your medicine is to just learn how to be with that and to, and to um, have that as a part of your life. This doesn't mean that we're all, um, evolving into light beings that are just going to float around and, you know, with harps playing all the time. That's not what this <laughs> is. This is a human experience and mm -hmm. we're here to be human. And what the shamanic work does is just help you with your life circumstance in such a way that um, allows you to use it to the best of your your capability and your ability to use it and also to, to be able to give medicine to others whether it's inspiration or ideas and whatnot and to continue that because that's the currency of the universe is ideas and imagination 
that's the that's the stuff that keeps the universe flowing and moving forward and that's that's what we need to do as human beings rather than give in to entropy mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and you know the other thing too that you talk about in your book is the fact that how shamanism is linked to creativity mm -hmm. and how we should really embrace our creative natures to because honestly to get through anything you need to be a little bit creative you have yeah. to find the new roads because the road that you're on may not be the best road for you so you might have to traverse literally through the thick of the woods to get there right um figuratively of course everyone but you know <laughs> uh it, it's one of those things that the creative process of it is can be absolutely so much fun to try to figure it out um it may be challenging of course but in the beginning you know and then as you go through it you're like wow this is actually really kind of fun to figure this out and to try this different way and look at something completely differently and that's one of the the things i absolutely love about um shamanic work is that you get to see the world again upside down and it's just an exciting way to look at things yeah yeah i think it is a uh almost synonymous um way of life the creative life in in shamanism and i i consider most artists that i've met whether they're you know musicians poets painters they i mean they're they're just continuing the shamanic way in, in their own way they're just they're they're tapping in and 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 flowing with that and everybody has every human being if you're human you have creativity there's i've heard people say oh i don't have a creative bone in my body you do it just doesn't look like your mrs or mr painter like <laughs> or whatever it that like creativity is um something that every human being has it's part of the makeup of of the brain itself it's just finding your channel for that your particular flow um, so it, and that that's something you know my shamanic training actually did for me it just mm -hmm. helped me kind of find exactly what my flow is and to me that's soul like that you know there are people and things that can be soulless and it's because they haven't found what their shtick is you know they, they they're just stuck and they're just a void and um, and I've worked with a lot of these people. So soul isn't just a stagnant thing. It's something that has to be nurtured and it has to be planted, nurtured, and then grown mm -hmm. and, and continue, continually nurtured after that. Um, and the more that you do, the more, the more your soul grows, um, and expands your purview of vision of what we call Vista, um, of of worldly experience and otherworldly experience so um you know it's just it's just you know doing the work to to find what that flow is for you like what what you came here to manifest as i absolutely love that it's um one of those things that as you do the work you will find what your creativity looks like it might be problem solving that might just be your pro your creativity yeah. is that you're really good at that um yeah and you just may not realize that you are good at that you, you it doesn't have to be something artistic per se um sure. it can be something just as mundane as again problem solving so 
there you go. There's something that you might actually be really good at that you're just like, oh, no, that's not a creative thing. Actually, it really is. I promise you. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, so you have also written another book that was that I actually wasn't aware of until today because I uh, when I was working on your uh, bio stuff for uh, the interview, uh, that's the Shamanic Kabbalah. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that book? Yeah, that was my uh, first book with Llewellyn, and um, this actually, this book actually came very soon after my shamanic training, and um, I connected with an individual in the Western mystery tradition who is experienced with Kabbalistic pathworking, and um, he he decided to initiate um, me and a, and a group of individuals um, into the Kabbalistic tree of life. Um, fairly similar in the Golden Dawn method um, of, of path working initiation, um, but kind of his own spin and incorporating other influences like Dion Fortune and Dolores Ashcroft and the wiki and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, this is, I, I immediately came out of that and, and wrote that book and I actually wrote that this book shamanic kabbalah more as a field guide like a field manual for myself right um and navigating the tree of life um and the different sephiroth on the tree of life and the different interactions with the tarot and whatnot um because that's all it is the tree of life is just a it's a it's not just a symbol it's a composite symbol it's a symbol made up of other symbols that can that you can bring in and, and interface with it that basically unlock each of those symbols can unlock like a key um uh, different aspects of 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 the conscious mind and so um initiation involves you know uh uh, numerous ceremonies um and meditations that get you to um interact with the various sephiroth and the paths on the tree of life and it took about (coughs) excuse me it took about two and a half years Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a really complex subject matter. I never understood Kabbalah until I went through shamanic training. So it was vital for me to fuse the two together for my own understanding. I don't know if it'll ever make sense to anybody else, <laughs> um, but it made sense for me. And I, I, I actually just made this book, made shamanic Kabbalah for me, for my own reference. And my wife was like, you should just submit it. And I just on a whim submitted it to Llewellyn. And I got a response within a day Oh wow! Um, by the publisher. It was like, we're publishing this. And um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. Um, you know, so I'm actually really surprised. I never expected it to go out. And I mean, I've had people from England and across the world that have messaged me um, about it and as how helpful it is. And I, I guess I, I, I do hope that it can be a a help to those that are interested in um dipping their toe into kabbalah because like where to start you know it's yeah, it's, it's it's a daunting. complex subject <laughs> yeah it's daunt it always was for me i never got it for some reason until i went through shamanic training um and um then it just it all just started clicking for me and um so yeah i mean that's that's kind of you know my hope for it is that it can help new uh readers in terms of 
the Kabbalah, but also I have had some people read it and say, no, I'm still, I'm still confused. I'm still, <laughs> you know, and it, it's, I don't know where to point anyone in regards to that. I mean, I, we had to spend as our training, my wife and I, and the other community of people that he brought together to train us, we, we had to do like a full year of, of reading. Like our reading pile was, I mean, I could, if I stacked all the books high, they probably went past my head oh, Wow! and it was just study, 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 and then rituals, rituals, rituals to even just prepare for the path working itself. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it is a lot of information. I just had to distill it in some way, shape or form. And that's the result. Well, that is super cool. Uh, I will admit that when it comes to Kabbalah, I am very, um, a novice i guess you could say like yeah i'm just one of those people that i've tried to read up on it and it just it's like trying to read quantum physics for me and yeah, it just yeah. goes over my head and i'm like i have no idea what you guys are talking about i can understand most things when it comes to any form of um spiritual study but this is above my head this is above yeah. my pay grade uh so i'm gonna have to get a copy of this just to mean to see if it will help me understand it a little better um, yeah if you do let me know what you think yeah because I'm, I'm i'm curious to see how um you know i'm trying to uh, gather feedback in terms of those that are more from a western mystery tradition ritual perspective and mm -hmm. those from a more witchy shamanic perspective um, and to see how it goes, right. And see like wh which side does it appeal to more and, and does it actually, is it more beneficial for, um, but yeah, it, 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 it is like quantum physics, at least it was to me. And, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if it, if it, uh, helps you kind of understand the material a little bit more i will definitely check it out and let you guys know um and to everyone listening i will also let you know um after i get it i might just have you come back on the show so we can talk more about it and talk about my experience with it sure um, anytime <laughs> that would be definitely fun so you also are a cartoonist and you yeah. talk about this in your book and you talk about how your shamanic journey actually led you back into that do you want to talk a little bit about that and your cartoon works as well yeah, it, it, this kind of goes back to the conversation of your flow and finding finding your soul path um, and what it, what life can do to you if you don't move forward on your soul path. Like, so when I grew up, all I ever wanted to be was a cartoonist, a comic book artist. It, it was everything to me. It, it was really, truly my religion, <laughs> um, at, at art and illustration in that way. Um, but out of fear, I did not pursue the path. I was, my life uh, went down a, a venue of self-sabotage, um, insecurity. I was too afraid to pursue it. I went down a completely other uh, life path that um, was really quite soulless. It was, I was just kind of a zombie, just finding jobs to just support my family and that's it. And wasn't... Um, wasn't allowing myself and gifting myself the 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 medicine that cartooning and illustration actually brings for me and it, yeah it was through my shamanic training that um i was able to rid those blocks inside of myself mm -hmm. um and gain the confidence to just do it to just like 
go out there and do it and to not be afraid of what the result is, to not be afraid of feedback, critique, um, to um, just move forward. And um, and yeah, that's kind of the result of my book, Shamanic Soul, is showing how I went from a miserable wretch to <laughs> being in a place where, yeah, I work, I still have a full-time job, you know, doing whatever to support my wife and children. But every spare moment when I'm not being a dad or working, I am making cartoons and I'm making comics and I've been putting my stuff out there. And now I am involved in the comics community. I'll be at the independent comics community, but um, mm -hmm. I've been interacting with uh, cartoonists, artists, writers, and people that I are the just the perfect mix of people for me that it, that just speaks to me the interactions the relationships i'm building and interacting with people that used to be heroes with mine um and and even working with them and getting published along with them you know all of these are like dreams come true for me i have a bucket list of what i want to do in this life before i die mm -hmm. and just in the past five years alone when i decided to step into this I've like checkmarked like half that list. Oh, it's that's just, so awesome. It's just like to, to have this feeling that I know that I will die and I will have completed the things that I really truly did want to complete in this life is just, it's everything. And that's like what we need to do is, you know, find a way to get that bucket list taken care of. Like, what did we come here to do? And so that way when we die, which we all will, and this is a shamanic teaching, to die with grace, to, mm -hmm. to embrace, you know, mistress death with open arms and just be, be at peace with that, with that end that's coming. And, um, you can only do that by finding your flow. And so, yeah, yeah. And, you know, part of the, the comics that I started making, or I initially started making were about my shamanic journey. Um, the comic series is called Psychonaut Presents. And it was sort of like an anthology of different stories um, that I put together that are all um, based upon my initiatory experiences. Um, and uh, one of them, uh, uh, one, the first one was about um, one of my, for my, well, my first experience with ayahuasca. And the second one was my rites of passage that my shamanic mentor put me through that my, my, my ceremony that discarded my younger immature self and and pushed me into adulthood and um they were just um they were really well received i it, i started getting a name um out there and now i have like cartoonists um all over the world that recognize me and recognize my name and it's just it's really cool it, it's the medicine of it just keeps flowing and flowing and i'm out there making more and more comics now like i'm not stopping i'm working on three books right now oh, yay. um <laughs> just just today i contributed to another book someone else is doing i contributed a, a gallery piece for it i mean i've got jobs coming at me left and right and it's just and people are like how do you find the energy and it's like well when you find your soul path mm -hmm. you have the energy <laughs> You have the energy. I mean, I'm in my mid forties and I work full-time. I'm a full-time dad, but yeah, I still have the energy to do all that in my spare time because when you find what you love to do, there's no such thing as being too tired to do it. You right. know, you exactly. just, you're doing it. It's just who you are. Again, it is a way of life. It becomes your way of life. 
Um, and I've just incorporated all of it into my shamanic work. I have comic stuff that are on my shamanic altar that I utilize in my ceremonies because it is my thing. It is, you know, and it's like, I have like comic things, like whether it's pens, pencils, um, or comics themselves from people I love that are on my altar with like ancient artifacts from like <laughs> a thousand years ago, shamanic lineage, like together, because this is, they're all conscious things and they're all conscious tools to get me to where I am and to get me to the place um, that I need to be able to distribute my medicine mm -hmm. and it all works. It's all part of the same magical flow. And um, so, yeah. I absolutely love that. That is so amazing. Um, you know, as you were talking about, you know, the fact that some of your idols are now working with you because of your shamanic work and all that, uh, it, it kind of reminded me of when I was, you know, reading through your book, I stopped this morning and I told my husband, I said, you know, his book reminds me of having a conversation with you and he and I have these deep, uh, esoteric, wonderful conversations that will last for hours. Um, part of the reason why I married him. Uh, yep. But <laughs> the other one was your book reminded me of sitting down with um, one of my idols and one of my favorite human beings on the planet, Michelle Belanger. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. She, if you've never actually gotten to sit down and have a conversation with her, I highly recommend it. She is an amazing human. She is somebody that she, you could just listen to her read you the dictionary and she will do it with such grace and poise and beauty and mystery that will make you just go, I don't care about what you're reading, but it's perfect. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, and the wording and the way that you did it and, the, you know, talking about all of your experiences, especially um, your supernatural experiences throughout the book, um, was very much in part of conversations I've had with her. So it was super, oh, that, super cool. <laughs> I consider that a high compliment. So thank you. <laughs> She's an amazing human. Your book is wonderful. I can't wait to read your new or I'm sorry, your first book, not your new book. And uh, also, where can people find your comics? So really, you can go to my website. I have a shop on my website where you can get my comics. They're really on a big cartel. Um, so you can either go to danielmullerweb.com okay. or, or you can go to danielmullerbigcartel.com and you can get them directly from me right now. Okay. I do have them on extraneous uh, other websites and other venues, but um, I have a stock that I'm trying to sell first because <laughs> um, I'm out of convention season. So I'm trying to get that stock lifted. But after that, you can find them on indieplanet.com. And um, also I actually have distribution coming up soon through amazon.com that I'm working oh, on as well. So, yeah. That is so, so perfect. I cannot wait to read your comics. Again, I didn't know you were a comic artist until I read your book, uh, but it was all super fascinating and I am excited to read them. And also, quick question. My daughter loves comics and all that. Are they kid appropriate? She She's 10. Um, oh, 10. I have, I have one comic. It's like a sci-fi Star Warsy kind of comic <laughs> that it. is that is kid appropriate okay. <laughs> for that age. Because I, I I wanted to have something that um my own children and then grandchildren can read and look at too. And um so yeah, that's very important to me. So I do I do well do always have a venue for that as well. And I have um but yeah. Okay, absolutely. Perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very, very nice. Yeah. Um, so do you have any new books coming up besides your comics? Do you have anything else that's in the works besides that? 
Um, yeah, so I do have a couple of new comics that are coming out soon. That one that I just finished. Um, it's um, number issue two of the Simon Myth Chronicles, which is my. That's kind of my. Uh, if people are familiar with Dresden Files mm -hmm. or John Constantine Hellblazer, Love it's kind of it. like my Clive <laughs> Barker esque, like you know, modern day fantastical magic um, series. Um, I love it i love working on it and issue two is um i just finished it's gonna be available soon issue one is available to buy at my website um and then i do have a couple of uh uh, uh regular or regular books but um non-picture books mm -hmm. um that i am working on right now um one is really about um art and culture because that was my original um a degree was liberal arts, um, mm -hmm. specifically in modern art and postmodern art. Um, so I have oh, one book I'm working on about that and another one that is more paranormal based, um, based upon, um, you know, about the men in black. Correct. Oh. Everybody knows about the men in black. Well, I've had experiences and I'm starting to connect with people who have had experiences with people in red, um, red individuals that are not as malevolent as a men in black. They're more, um, and I actually wrote a book about them too, but it's a fiction book. And after I wrote that fiction book, it's called Red Mass about these individuals. I started having experiences where these individuals were coming into my life mm -hmm. and other people coming to me. I was on the Higher Side Chats podcast a couple months ago and I brought this up. And I got maybe a hundred messages from people who said they have experienced these people in red before as well. So what and, is the difference between the, I, I've never heard of the red people. I've heard of them in a black. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're not, the they're red. not like, yeah, they're not well known. So in my um, estimation and what I've garnered so far and how I brought them into my book actually was they're more about um, helping people remember paranormal experiences and they they're more like promoters of paranormal experiences either that oh. or they're fairly neutral um and other people um, that i've individuals i've talked to sometimes their experiences are fairly neutral they're not malevolent they're not like men in black and they they are trying to get you to forget or to shut up or to to keep the the supernatural episode secret um, they're more about um, like they're a part of that realm. And I've I've done some research and there's even some um, folk tales of individuals of red. So I wonder if they're even kind of part of the fae realms a little bit. But see, this is what part of my book is about, is doing this research and trying to develop some theories as to what they are. Not a well-known phenomenon, but... It turns out there's way more people out there that have had this experience than what I assumed. That I didn't even know it was cool. a real thing at all. I didn't even know it was a real thing at all whenever I wrote the book. I wrote the book based upon a dream. And um, then it turns out like it's an it's an actual phenomenon. So Oh, that is so cool. I would love to sit down one of these days with you and just talk paranormal experiences because you know, I think if we, you end up in almost a shamanic way you know kind of bringing it back full circle i think a lot of people who have worked in the shamanic circles um or have had shamanic experiences also have a lot of paranormal experiences of course and yeah. so I they, they go hand in hand actually how i got into podcasting is a friend of mine and i started a paranormal podcast talking about all of that so that's nice. super cool <laughs> nice
I love that. I can't wait to read that one. That one's going to be super excited. I'm, I'm kind of nerding out a little bit while you were talking about it. I was like, oh, I want to read it now. <laughs> um, yep. But I, I love that kind of stuff that it that is kind of one of my passions and joy in addition to talking about, uh, you know, witchy stuff and uh, spiritualism and all that good stuff that that's that's my nerd, nerdy, happy place. Um, oh, 100 percent. So. <laughs> love it so much uh but this has been so much fun i would love to have you back like i said i'd love to have you back to talk about the other book as well and kind of um you know break it down and talk about my experiences with it and uh, yeah. that would be super cool and especially when your book you know uh the one about uh the people in red comes out i'd love to have you back to talk about that as well because Great. i i would totally nerd out just talking i'm like i said i'm nerding out now i'm so excited for you yeah uh, well it's again it, it's not as a wide phenomenon as the men in black so it's taking a while to do the research so That's i don't totally know fine yeah i, I, I don't I know how long it's yeah. cool <laughs> cool <laughs> i love it so much well daniel this has been an absolutely amazing experience having you on the show like i said you are welcome to come back anytime are you on social media where can people connect with you uh, especially if you have stories about what he's talking about and you'd like to give him your experiences i'm sure he would love to have the research so he how can you people get in contact with you uh yeah i'm on um facebook and um instagram okay. as um the real daniel moeller <laughs> so at the real daniel moeller okay. um, and i also have a youtube channel daniel moeller psychonaut sessions where i do uh, different interviews um, with different cartoonists but also i'm kind of moving into the metaphysical world too i'll be interviewing uh jamie elford soon who wrote um a tarot way of life mm -hmm. um or a tarot inspired life um so i'm going to be start doing mystical psychonaut sessions as well on youtube so yeah those are the places you can find me very very cool well everybody go pick up a copy of daniel's books uh they are just phenomenal especially the shamanic soul that is the one i can definitely tell you you need to buy today pause this episode go to amazon buy it right now there's a link in the description you guys will love it i promise you uh check out his comics connect with him especially if you have paranormal stories about what he was talking about please connect with him because your research might help him with his book and get it out faster so right. yes daniel thank you so much for this this has been amazing and everybody out there take care of yourselves stay safe and we'll see y'all next time thank you